Today, I want to talk to you about something God's been doing in my life, teaching me for the last 15 or so years, and it's called a lifestyle of trust. And it's really inviting God into the various areas of your life. And you know, uh, we as believers a lot of times say, you know, the Lord is my Lord. He's the king of my life. But then maybe there's, you know, an area two or, or more that, you know, the Lord's not the Lord of your life or where you haven't even thought about it or you haven't asked him or sought him or, or anything. And so, you know, we just, or maybe there's fear or any of that stuff. So we're going to talk about that today. And so, you know, the first question for this would be is, is it safe to have the Lord in charge? So we're going to lay a little bit of foundation here. And just so you guys know, I'm going to go a little fast through certain parts because uh, I'm going to hit 11.30. <laughs> Stick with me. Hold on tight. So is it safe to have the Lord in charge? If you're going to invite someone into your life, you have to trust them. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So that's step one. Step two, can we invite the Lord to be Lord in our life, and will he do anything? Will he actually be the Lord of our life? Will he actually respond? So John 15, five through eight. I have this slide. Nick's gonna be doing all New King, uh, King James, but this is the Passion Translation because it was so phenomenal, so I put it on the slide. I am the sprouting vine, John 15, five through eight. I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. So what does God want our lives to bear? Abundant fruit, not just fruit. So what is abundant fruit? It could be the fruit of the Spirit in you. It could be lives around you being impacted. It's obviously salvations. It could be freedom for you, freedom from fear. It could be physical health. It could be finances and provision. It's, it's all sorts of stuff. Abundant is a very, very big word. So, and it's all to glorify our Father. And it's perfectly okay to persistently ask him, not just one time, and give up. That's, that's key to help to grow, to invade, to change us. Matthew 7, 7 through 12. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Now here's a key word. Therefore, whatever you want men to do, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So, you know, we hear that first scripture a lot. Do we hear the second scripture a lot? Maybe, but maybe out of context. That word, therefore, is key. So this first half of the verse, we want to ask and it be given, we want to seek and find, we want to knock and the door be opened. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do unto them. They're tied together. There's a breakthrough in that. Yeah, it's key. Yeah, so you know that God knows intimately the details of your life very, very well, and he cares about and wants to be invited into the details, and not just your discipleship group, your Sunday group, your friends at church, but your 
business, your career, your sphere of influence, your neighborhood, your hobbies, your kids, your kids' friends and parents. It's everything. It's not, it's not, there's not little sections here. It's everything. And I know you guys know this verse, but we're going to have a little bit of fun today because I want this to stick. So, um, Psalm 139, 17 through 18 says, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If, you should, if I should count them, they would be more than the number of the sand. And so we're going to put up that first slide that I have for you, Nick. So the researchers at University of Hawaii did a study, and they assumed an average grain size of sand, and they calculated based on teaspoons. And so they calculated how much sand is in the world, on the seashores. So we actually have a count, guys. It's seven quintillion. 500 quadrillion grains of sand. So, we assume right now that we have about 7.53 billion people in the world, and so if, if we take this verse as it is, and, and don't think that God is bigger than it, which he is, but let's just take it as it says, you know, that means we divide the two together, there's 93 billion minimum, oh, and these are good thoughts, not bad thoughts, 93 billion minimum good thoughts God has for each person. Let's go to the next slide. The National Science Foundation says the average person has about 12,000 thoughts a day. If you're above average, you're closer to 60,000. So, let's say you're really smart and you live 100 years. We obviously are gonna account for leap years with 365 times 2.5. <laughs> so, 2,191 million thoughts in a person's lifetime. So let's divide the minimum good thoughts God has for you times your thoughts. So for every thought you have for yourself, which you might have a good thought, you might have a bad thought. God has 42 good thoughts about you at a minimum. Guys, that's at a minimum, okay? And that same research found that 80% of our thoughts are negative and 95% are repetitive. Now, I'm sure it's higher in the church, right? It's good, it's good. So this is just so you guys remember. All right, and so uh, thank you for the slides. We're all done with that. And so just as Clayton shared about the story of inviting a king into your house, you can invite him, you can receive him as a king or a guest. You know, so let's picture this again. We have a house, we're in a kingdom. The king rules the kingdom, right? Because we're not of this world. And so we receive the king as a guest. He stays in the guest bedroom, right? He has meals with us and we sit with him. And what do we talk about? Well, we talk about what we want to talk about because we're in charge of the house and he's our guest. And we invite him into what we feel like we invite him into, right? Or you receive him as a king. Now he stays in the master bedroom. He owns the estate. You know, he calls the shots with the meals, what food we're getting, when we eat, what we talk about. He decides the vineyard, the business partnerships, you know, what we do with all the people around. You know, he's in charge. And so, you know, is God the Lord of your life and, and your business and, uh, and your friendships and your marriage and your parenting and all the things that are really, you know, little daggers that come up in your heart. Oh. So today I'm going to share some stories about my life primarily focused uh, on business, um, but I'm going to share a personal one first. So I grew up in like a little bit of my story. I grew up um, in a charismatic church uh, with a Baptist school, private school. So it was polar opposites. It was very interesting to watch the intricacies of that. I got saved at about nine and I loved the Lord and it was real. Um, my father didn't go to church with us 
uh, which was fine. He, he knew the Lord. But it was interesting because something started to happen where the kids would ask me, well, where's your dad? My dad's here. And it would, there was this, this gap that started to happen between me being kind of part of them. Uh, and I talked a lot and got in trouble and all that stuff. <laughs> and so I became kind of like an outcast. And so I started to form this thing of, well, Lord, I love you, but you know, people both in your charismatic church and your Baptist school are, are like hypocrites and mean. So yeah, I love you, but not them. And, and so that's the way it was for a while. And I kind of went off the rails and did a lot of drugs and drank a lot and partied and girls and all the things. But one of the things in college, um, you know, I'd be dating girls who were never believers. And, you know, I'd eventually be like, okay, God, well, you know, if she's, if she's not the right one for me, you know, just break us up. And literally, the next day, we'd have this perfect relationship, and then boom, next day, we get in a massive fight and we break up. And it was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> And that kept happening every time, you know, I eventually talked, because I talked to God all the time, you know, and he just keep, kept bringing us up. Uh, and it got to the point where I wouldn't talk to him about the girls I was dating. <laughs> so, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Having too much fun. <laughs> and then I'd say, okay, God, I value your opinion. You know what's best. You know my future. I said, okay. So after about two months of this other relationship, I said, okay, if she's not the one, break us up. And he did. Um, and you know, when I met my wife, I, I prayed that same prayer. And, uh, you know, every time I prayed it, you know, he just made it stronger and confirmed it more. And it was, it was really cool. And so, you know, even, even when I was doing drugs and getting drunk and all these terrible things all the time, you know, I invited the Lord to be Lord of an area of my life, relationships. And man, he just, it was funny. It was very amusing. So, you know, it, you don't have to be perfect for God to, to show up and be Lord of an area of your life or all of your life. Um, and so I'm gonna share more stories about business stuff today, but I'm gonna lay a little foundation first. So, God is our provider. Do we believe that? Let's read the scripture. It is our benefit to believe this. First Chronicles 29:12. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. You know, he never promised to give riches to all believers and he never promised to make great all believers, but he did promise his peace and his presence. And God does indeed want to bless the work of your hands. And it's, it can be, but it's not always money. So John 14, 26 through 27 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So that's another verse where I feel like a lot of times we skip over the last part. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. So this wasn't a suggestion. It's actually a command. It wasn't if you feel like it, do it. It was, no, do this. So it's the command that you actually have the power to do because he's left you with his peace and presence. You know, everyone refers to the Holy Spirit as comforter, which he is, but you know, his chief role as comforter was not intended to comfort our fear. Now, he will do that, but he had already told us to not be afraid. It's the, it's the biggest command in scripture. Fear not, be not afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. The Holy Spirit will come and show us who the Father is and that God is love. And this applies to work, relationships, parenting, everything. 
And the Holy Spirit is much, much more than that. He will teach you all things and bring to our remembrance all things Jesus said to us. I like to say to my, my guys at work sometimes, do you know he's also the best IT consultant in the world? <laughs> so no, but seriously, when I get stuck on a server problem, I'll say, Lord, if I don't solve this, I lose the client. I have to solve it. Lord, guide me to the answer. And I, I've never not solved it. It, it has to be done. He's, he's amazing. So I want to share some practical stories now, but first one more scripture so that it ties to you. Revelation 19.10, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what is that? I know you all have heard it. What does it mean? So it means the written or spoken account of what Jesus has done contains the power and ability for that very thing to be reproduced. Yeah, so the written or spoken account of what Jesus has done contains the power and the ability for that very thing to be reproduced. So I love Eddie's story about Miranda, his daughter. Thank you for sharing. I love Nick's story. I love the testimonies from last week. And guys, there's gonna be more testimonies and we're gonna share more from the front. It's really important. It's really a big deal. Um, so I'm gonna tell you a business story. So, you know, uh, my brother and I own an IT company. We're just growing. We're about 20-ish employees. Um, but it kind of started for me in business back when we were about four employees. Uh, we were building out an office space. Um, we, I just married Katie about a year earlier, had a baby boy at home, Jacob. We just bought a townhouse, so there was a lot of stuff happening. Um, and we were really reliant on phone calls coming in to have work. And, you know, for a few weeks, the phone stopped ringing. We were, we were in my brother's basement. By the way, I didn't say that. It was kind of, so that's a double whammy. You're like, I'm not even in a real office, you know. But it was, it was fine. It was good. Um, and the phone stopped ringing for a few weeks. And I said, oh, okay. I have a house to pay for, this business to grow, this, this office space we've got to pay for, all this stuff. Um, and I got really worried. And so I went before the Lord. I said, Lord, we need the phones to ring. We need clients. We need projects. Bring it, make it rain, whatever, just, just bring it. And you know, he did. About a month or two later, the phone was just ringing off the hook all day long, every day. You know, new clients, existing clients, stuff was breaking, which for us was really good at the time. <laughs> Projects were happening, new clients. And you know, it was about six months. We were so busy and I was working so many overtime hours and late nights. And I remember saying, well, I'm getting terrible sleep because I have this baby at home. And I, it's just too much. I'm not seeing my wife, terrible sleep, I'm too stressed. I was like, God, just take it away. Thank you, you did it, but just, ah. And guess what? He did. About a month or two later, the phone call stopped. And I kind of laughed. I said, ah, okay. And so I told my dad, and he's a wise man. You know, your fathers are wise, wise people. And he said, well, Kevin, why don't you just pray for moderation? I was like, ah, this guy. Okay, we can do that. So I said, all right, Lord, we pray for moderation. Moderate it, bring it steady so that we're busy and you know, the day flies by, but you know, it's not too busy. And he did. So then I was like, okay, okay, God, you want us to pray specifics. I can do that. So Lord, let's pray for efficiency. Let's get the same stuff done in a shorter amount of time. Okay, we prayed for that and it started happening. I said, okay, Lord, let's pray for productivity. Let's get more done in the same amount of time. Okay started happening. I said, okay, you know, and we're in business to make money. So, you know, why don't we just make more of it? Lord, make us more profitable. Okay. And, it, and the numbers just ticked up a little bit, you know, 
And I said, oh, this is good. We have this nice little company. It's a well-oiled machine, kind of. You can ask Nick. <laughs> and then I said, okay, well, I guess we should pray for growth. That'd be good. You know, just take this thing and make it bigger and better. Uh, and he did. And, you know, we've, we've had some interesting stuff along the way, but over the last 10 years, you know, we've grown 18 to 20% a year. It's really good. Like, okay, well, thank you, God. And, you know, it was each time we prayed for stuff, you know, he would do it. And we were sharing with people, you know, our clients, and, you know, we, we have a, a staff that's a lot of believers, and so we pray at staff meetings, and we, we pray before we hire, and we pray before we meet with clients. Um, but yeah, you know, it just, it built everyone's faith. It was, it was really good. And you know, early on I had a bad attitude. There's another key thing. Um, about the time we were in the basement, I had a bad attitude. And I did a Dave Ramsey course on finances. It's a great course. Um, they took out the week that helped me the most, but that's fine. You know, I'm not bitter, but <laughs> I forgive him. <laughs> but it was the week that was on, um, you know, doing everything to the best of your ability to the, for the glory of God. You know, Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And I essentially, I thought I didn't get paid enough. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to be partner. All these things, all these wham, 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 me, me, me stuff. And I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to work my tail off, and I'm either going to make my brother wealthy, or someday I'll be partner and we'll both do well, but I'm going to just do the best I can. I'm going to treat it like I own it, and if not, you'll, you'll put me somewhere else. And so I told him that I trusted him, and I invited him to be Lord of this area of my life. And it was good. Psalm 90:17, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. But to what end? What's it for? So just a quick story. You know, when I was young, about 15, I felt like the Lord told me that you are going to make a lot of money and you're going to give a lot away. I said, okay. And you know, my parents raised me tithing, so I, I knew it was, it was more than tithing because that was just a default for me which Katie and I, when we got married, we had to, you know, we weren't lined up on, on that scale, and so we had to work through it, and it was great. Um, but, you know, it's a principle, it's a kingdom principle. Freely you've been given, freely give. And it applies to all things. You know, it applies to finances. It applies to your talents. It applies to your spiritual breakthroughs. It applies to your testimonies. They're not just for you. Yeah, it applies to where you've been built, where you've worked, walked a hard road, where you've come out alive and stronger, you have a victory in an area, and when you share that victory with someone else, it actually gives them the power and ability to have victory a little faster, a little easier in that same area because of your victory. Yeah, so it's, it's very important. Yeah, God has given me victory praying for random things in life, and he answers, and so this testimony that I'm sharing with you, I'm trusting you can take that and apply that and say, God, okay, I wanna pray, yeah, come here. Lord, do this here, yes for your glory, right? Because it's not about you. It's not about me. Yeah. But if you don't have victory, it diminishes the uh, glory given to the Father, what can be done to the impact that can be had to your sphere of influence if you're not victorious, right? So it's important that we're victorious, but it's still not about you. and still not about me. John 15, 8 when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. So one more time. What does God want our lives to bear? Abundant fruit, that's right. Do you guys believe it? 
Okay, good. All right, we're going to add in another layer of truth. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. This is about the cheerful giver. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so I'm going to share a quick story uh, about this building. Essentially, we had, when we first, it was January through March of 2018, when we first got the building, we had a lot of build-out to do, which Eddie did awesome on, thank you. We had drums to buy, which I was so happy about. We had a box, a stage, the speakers, you know, all the computers, the TVs, all the things. So we had this list of stuff to do, and we had this budget to do it. And I remember I said, okay, all right. So God told me I'm going to give a lot. So I went, I said, I'm going to, in my heart, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, I'm going to help and close that gap a little, and it's going to be great. And I went and looked at my finances. I didn't really have anything to give. I said, ooh, okay. And I remember being very frustrated, and I, I went before the Lord and said, Lord, you said I was going to give a lot away, and, you know, I don't have, I don't have anything to give. Uh, I had very little to give. And he said, yeah, but you can give something else. I said, okay. So I thought about it and said, well, I have an IT company. I can give the labor to do all the work. It's like, okay, that I can give. And so, you know, we had given stuff in the past, you know, to various organizations or churches, um, but never as much, you know, in one shot in one month as we, as we did here. And it was March of 2018. <laughs> there you go. Um, and it was, it was very cool. So, you know, it was the most we'd given in a month. And, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but, you know, the numbers all come out later. And then I look back, it was actually a record breaker for profit. We made the most money ever in a month, and we gave the most away ever in a month. What are, what are the odds of that? I think pretty good in the kingdom, I, you know. I mean, I mean, it's a kingdom principle, you know, so. <laughs> no, it was very good. It was very good. All right, and God asked me to share that story. Or I asked him, God, should I share the story? And he said, yes, because it's for your benefit. It's not about me. It's for your benefit. So Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's a good verse, right? That's another verse we just take that and say, yes. What's the context of the verse? You guys know? So the context, I'm not going to read it for time's sake. The context that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches was in the context of kingdom giving. It was of the Philippians giving to carry Paul's financial burdens. Here's the key verse. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So fruit that abounds from giving. There, it's all over the Bible. We are blessed to be a blessing. (laughs) You know, when God gives you talents, if you use them, he says, well done, and he gives you more. So then another business story. So about five years ago, we were humming along, busy, growing, adding people, adding clients, uh, and there was about a three or four week period where it kind of, we, we didn't go dead, but it kind of teetered off to nothing. And Chris and I would talk about what was happening and what we felt like God was doing all the time. I remember we talked and said, you know, this is funny. It was, it was March, uh, February, March, and I said, this is funny, this isn't normal, our trend is, is not this. And we said, okay, well, maybe it's just the season, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, and about a week or two later, um, my father had an emergency quadruple bypass followed by a stroke and basically got knocked out of life. You know, he's alive. But, um, you know, and there was a lot, 
that had to be done to handle him and care for him and you know the rehab and the hospitals and the doctors and all the decisions that had to be made plus the business that he used to run and the stuff the estate and so we had to do all this stuff and if we had stayed busy like we were we would have been able to handle it we couldn't have done it and it was just so amazing of god to do that you know and i shared this story at an it conference in florida and a man came up to me afterwards and said you know that, that's just so refreshing to hear that perspective. Because, you know, if my business slowed down like that, I would say, oh, no, God, what am, what am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm afraid, what, what, have I, what have I done wrong, and why are, why are you doing this to me? And I said, oh, you know, I've never even had that thought. Because, you know, I gave this to God and said, I'm not going to worry about it. So, so, Lord, let me never have that thought. You know, let me never have that perspective. Lord, let me trust you in this. Um, yeah, I hope you can take, take something from that. And then after about six or nine months of that, you know, we, we had dealt with the stuff and my dad was starting to recover more. He was on a nice road. Chris and I got together. We said, okay, it's time to pray for more business. Let's, let's spin up the wheels again. Um, and Chris stopped us. We were about to pray. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, okay. He said, why don't we pray for clients near our office? It's like, okay, all right. You know, so we, we would on average add maybe four or five clients a year. We, at this point, this year, we were zero flat, maybe 1% growth or something. Um, and so we normally would add four or five clients a year, and they could be in Bethesda or Fairfax or Centerville or Sterling or wherever. Um, and I said, okay, let's, let's pray for that. And so we prayed for clients near our office. Uh, and within three months, we had five interested, good-sized clients, all within five miles of our office, which was awesome. And one of them we didn't want. So we actually ended up with four signed contracts within five miles of our office. And it was amazing. And statistically, it's not possible. You know, we didn't do any marketing. We had a website and we had referrals. It just statistically isn't possible. It's all God. And so, again, I share that for you guys. Um, and, you know, we pray about contract pricing. You know, well, God, what do we do for this? We pray before there's a difficult client meeting. You know, we worship over new clients like Nick did, which is awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Um, you know, we pray before we hire people. It's, it's all, we pray at meetings, obviously. You know, we even had a guy that we hired one time that, you know, in the natural, we shouldn't have hired him. And we prayed about it and felt like God said to hire him. I said, okay, so we'll do it. Um, and we didn't know this at the time. We learned afterwards, you know, the couple was pregnant with a child and God had, the person had lost their job and God had told them that he would have a job before their second child was born. And again, we didn't know this at the time, but we sent him an offer while they were in the hospital before they gave birth to their second child. It's like, what? Yeah, it was awesome. And even this summer, here's another great one. I made a huge mistake, <laughs> a lot of them. Um, so Chris and I had picked out pricing that we were gonna do for all new clients because we were you know, so busy, we wanted it to be a certain level. Uh, Chris was in Hawaii for three weeks, as he should be. Um, and so we had all these big sales meetings that we normally would do together, and I had to do them all myself. Uh, it was a nice influx. And you know, I mispriced all of them. I forgot that this service should be included <laughs> in this price that we calculated. And so I priced everybody 15 to 20% high. And we got them all. It's like, okay, thank you, God. I was like, I'm going to make more mistakes. You're going to go to Hawaii more often? I'm, yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, freely you've been given, freely give. I don't know how people do it without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus. It's, it's a tough, tough world. So Psalm 119, 111. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage or inheritance forever. I'm going to read this again. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. 
So let's make this practical. I'd like everyone to take a moment and think of an area where you haven't invited the Lord into the details or fully trusted him, um, and where you maybe tried to do it on your own. And this could be a job, could be your business, could be your marriage, could be your parenting, could be a lot of things. Um, and there, a lot of things come to mind. Let's pick one for this exercise. You can do another one later. Just take a minute. Okay, does everyone have one? Trusting you'll get one soon if you don't. So we're gonna repent. What does that mean? Means to change our thinking, to change the way we think, right? So let's pray, and if you could repeat after me, repeat after me. Lord, I love you. I'm sorry I haven't fully trusted you in this. I release this burden to you. Lord, help me, show me, guide me in your truth. I trust you, Lord, in this area. Lord, teach me to trust you in all areas. Let my life bear abundant fruit. And please bless the work of my hands. In Jesus' name, amen. And so for those of you that felt stirred or that this prayer resonated with you or you feel like it's maybe tough to trust the Lord or you want to pray with someone, we are going to have a ministry team over here that would like to pray specifically for this or anything else you have if you want. Um, and I also will be up here and would love to pray for you if you want. And thank you. Have a great day.